is Friday again. I love Friday. Do you love Friday? If you love Friday, just text me Friday on the text line. The text line is 71307 because I love Friday. I may like it more than Saturday. I'm not really sure on that one. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live, if that's your cup of tea, on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Now then, I am against racism. Simple. I'm against racism, and I'm definitely against uh, slavery, human trafficking, whatever you want to call it. And I realize, because I read that today there's more slavery now than there was in the times of slavery that everybody's you know everybody's referencing because among some of the people that are out there fighting quote racism there's a lot of people that find this to be a grift this is a money making proposition so what they're trying to do is they're trying to get reparations from people that never held slaves to people that were never were slaves and some people like, uh, what's this girl's name? Brittany Cooper, a professor at Rutgers, uh, Rutgers University. She says, whenever non-whites try to have a reckoning with whites, the, the latter say it's just human nature. If y'all had all this power, you would have done the same thing. And she says, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism. Okay. Well, that's just not true. We know, and, and this is coming, let, let's listen to Michael Amalewa. Um, a Nigerian diplomat. He said, the bulk of the supply of African slaves sold to Europeans came from the Nigerians. These Nigerian middlemen moved to the interior where they captured other Nigerians who belonged to other communities. Many Nigerian middlemen began to depend totally on the slave trade and neglected every other business and occupation. So when the trade was abolished by England in 1807, these Nigerians began to protest. And as years went by, the trade collapsed since uh, such Nigerians then lost their sources of income and became impoverished. And these are not just historical observations. Right now, we know that there's 50 million slaves out there. All of them in the non-Western world. And right now, today, slavery remains a modern-day scourge. Africa has the highest prevalence of slavery with more than seven victims for every thousand people. Here in the United States, the indigenous people, the ones we call the American Indians, they engaged in total subjugation and domination. We know that before Columbus, many historians agree that Native American tribes committed atrocities against each other. They wanted land and power and they killed anyone that stood in their way long before any European settler set foot on the continent. And we have multiple examples of non-whites landing on the shores of whites in centuries before the transatlantic slave trade began. 
Now, I could go on and on and on and on with this. You know, we could talk about the Moors in Spain. We could, uh, you know, it just it's, it's just all kinds of stuff out there. But the slave markets came to a halt in 1807 with the British. And then the British got out there on the oceans. And a great many Caucasian British people died trying to take this out. So... What's the deal with this? Why are we why, why aren't we actually going out there and fighting slavery in Africa? I well, I know listen, I know the answer. I know the answer to this. Okay, I know the answer. This is a grift. Okay? Reparations are a grift. Um most black Americans if left to their own devices, are very self-reliant, as industrious as anybody can be, outstanding leaders if they ascend to that role, run companies, captains of industry, they are simply the same humans that we are, right? Except for the melanin. But no, we have to look at everything through a lens of race. And brown people are always the ones that are subjugated. And Caucasians, well, it doesn't matter where you're from. If you're a Caucasian, then you are just naturally a white supremacist. And that's the narrative. That's, that's the narrative in a nutshell. And the biggest problem with that narrative is that if you look around, that's actually not true. That's actually not true. You know, when I, and I, I, I call this the gas pump theory. When I'm sitting at a gas pump and I'm pumping gas because I don't have an electric car. <laughs> when I'm sitting at a gas pump and I'm pumping gas, if there's somebody at the gas pump on the other side, I'm probably going to say, hey, or I'm going to ask them about their car or I'm going to ask them about their day or I'm going to ask them about the weather. And they always answer. They always answer. And it doesn't matter who it is. I will open that conversation. Black, white, plaid, I don't care. When left to our own devices, we humans, we American humans, we actually do very, very good. We actually, uh, you know, we, we live in peace. We, we, we're law-abiding. We're, you know, we care about each other. It's only when we get out there and we have some other people saying, hey, you know you're a victim, and you over there, you're an oppressor. And we're talking, you know, you're talking to two guys that were just sitting there bowling together, having a good time. Now, the best of us ignore this stuff and just get on with life. But at some point, we're going to have to take this up and, and just simply ask the question. Here, I, I often wonder, why aren't the gun controllers going to Chicago? Go to the inner city of Chicago, get out there, stand on your soapbox and go, gun control! Let's see how long that lasts. These people about slavery, go to Africa and let's get those 50 million people freed. The non-Western world, for all of the stuff that we, all of the grief that we take and everything else, we're actually, uh, we're, we're, we're quite good to each other in most cases. It's only with the governments that we, we make really bad choices. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
Taking something as serious as enslaving somebody, taking somebody's life and then taking it over and moving them around and taking them from where they live and, and just using them as like a garden tool, that should be fought with every fiber in our being. But we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Instead of doing that, we're here and we're looking at people that have never done what you say we've done. And you're trying to create this grift where you get paid. Well, where you just get paid. Just because. Just because this happened in the past. By people, you know, I'm not related to anybody, as far as I can tell, and I've looked, that owned slaves. Because my mother's British. She didn't come here until after World War II. And my father's family was a bunch of sharecroppers. They didn't own anything, much less slaves. So as far as I can tell, never had those. So you know what? You get nothing from me. I don't even have a distant relative that did that. My, as a matter of fact, my distant relative was actually enslaved to come over here and fight in the Revolutionary War. He was just somewhere, you know, somewhere in Europe getting drunk, and they put him on a boat and said, "Hey, are you on a you on a boat ride?" Yeah. And he showed up here on these shores, and then he deserted as soon as he got there. He's like, you know, I just went out for a few beers. I didn't know I was going into combat. Let's talk about General Mark Milley because this is the guy that is taking America's youth and wasting them. Wasting them. And at the same time, he's making the world a more dangerous place to live. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know what? Let's go to the phones on a Friday. Let's talk to Rodney from Inman. Yes, sir. Hey, hey Mr. Freddie. Uh, my name is Rodney Avent, sir. Yes, and, and I'm 64 years old, okay. and, uh, you know, I've listened to your show just now about uh, reparations. Right. Uh, and, and through my lifetime, after being in the military and teaching in high school, um, I've noticed that Native American Indians, a uh, certain blood, of course, a certain amount of blood, yeah. they get a paycheck every month. Right. And with that being said, I watched the government change that over my lifetime casinos and the tribes like down in florida the the seminole indians hard rock cafe and other places but i guess i'm trying to understand that why wouldn't black americans be afforded the opportunity to get something along those lines now i heard your show i get it i get the history uh slaves was owned by africans of course slaves are owned by native american indians so my question is to sum it up Native American Indians, wouldn't that be the same as reparations? We, we, you know, the politics, we can change it and call it anything we want. You're, so what you're same? describing is a clean, a sort of a clean process, right? You should get something because of. And, uh, you know, there, there's a little difference between black people today and Native Americans today because most Native, sure. there's, we still have Indian reservations, right? Uh, do you think the $22 trillion that was spent on the war on poverty had anything to, uh, did anything for p poor people? I would assume so. How? Where? So. Where? Have we, have we eradicated all, poverty? All poor people. You, you said, no, we haven't eradicated, but right. you said, would it, would it basically help? Eradicate it? No. It never will. Well, see, it, 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 when, when, they, when they get out there and they start funding these projects, it all comes down to where are the funds actually going? So, like, if I've got a dollar and I've got a dollar that's supposed to come to you, 
are you actually going to get that dollar or is it going to go through a process where there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape where when that dollar finally gets to you, it's about 17 cents? Understandable. Understandable. Okay. So yes, that's sir. that's my right. issue with any of these things that happen out there. If there is some sort of a mm -hmm. private way to do something, I would have a lot more mm -hmm. trustworthiness towards that than I mean, you know, I, I look at some of these uh, like the some of these projects for these war these uh these veterans that are out there. And by the time yeah, the yeah. administrative get to cost gets taken out to it, there's for every 10 bucks they're taking in that it actually about 60 cents is making it to a program that would help a warrior, right? So that, that's my, you, yeah. You don't, uh -huh. Yes, sir. What were you saying? You no, know, no. I was just going to say, you don't think the private is the same uh, with your CEOs and presidents at the top? Or well, you know, nowadays I sort of do. Nowadays I sort of do because uh, government yes, and government and industry is sort of in this, uh, the, this, uh, yes, this, sir. this courtship from hell right now. And, uh, to Roger. right now, I do not think the answer is more government. Okay. I don't think right. the answer is right. more government. Right. The other thing is this, uh, some of the stuff that's going on right now is actually being churned up. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't walk around fearing black people and I certainly hope right. no black people right. walk around fearing me. I, right. I mean, some of, some of my role models in my life have been black men. Because they were great leaders, and they brought me along, and they taught sure. me. So uh, I have sure. I have no animosity in my heart for anybody. And uh, you know, yes, if sir. left to our own devices, I think we'd probably solve that issue ourselves. But with all of this government stuff, it all comes down to money. They're just in it for the money, Rodney. It That's it. It's it everybody does. in there that churns us up is about the money. And in the in the end, yes, the sir. people that actually are the aggrieved parties, they don't get very much in nothing. Right. Right. So that that's my issue with it. That's yeah, my issue with it. It's I agree. A, if I there's agree. actual slavery and racism going on, I will join with anybody out there. I will tool up. It'll look bad when I go out there. Some of you are going to go, listen, Freddie, I think you need to sort of control yourself, don't you? Because I will that's fight right. that tooth and nail <laughs> if we actually right. see it out there. But actually, but getting out there and doing it for the money, for the grift, yes, I, I can't get behind that. Can't get behind it. Right. Right. I agree. I, I see where you're coming from. Yes, sir. Indeed, and I appreciate you. Hey, listen, you have a good, safe weekend, and thank you for the call and call anytime. Yeah, that's the thing. See, look, I, uh, I'm i not special. I did serve in the military. That's the, the closest thing that makes me unique because I think in the history of time, only 1% of the American populace has served in the military. That's the only thing. That's the closest thing I can think of. Other than that... Other than that, I am perfectly happy to be a member of a community, the entire community. All of you are my neighbors. Somebody messes with my neighbor, they're going to have, you know, if I see it, if I can, if I can have any effect on it at all, I will. Because we're in this together, right? We're in this, in this life, we're in this world, we're in this country together. And, uh, you know. I think what's owed is owed to the entirety of America, you know? 
What we, And we're owed just a smaller government. That's all we're owed. The founding fathers wanted there to be a, a smaller government. If we had a smaller government, then they wouldn't be out here trying to do all these things to say, oh, you're oppressed. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And they wouldn't be teaching our children not to. Uh, why would you take two children that are playing and tell one, you're the oppressor and you're the victim, and then explain to them what that means? He, His parents were mean to your parents. Why wouldn't you just let those children develop their relationship organically? Let them, let them be. Let them, let them just be who they are. But no, we can't do that now, can we? Because if we, unless we have some sort of ID politics going on, then we don't have any victims. And this is the problem with this kind of a thing. We're out here. We're identifying a villain with a, you know, a handlebar mustache, and he's twirling it. <laughs> You've fallen for my evil plan. And and then. Now, now, because they're victims, because guess what? You didn't know you were a victim, were you? Well, now you, you know. I've known far too many. I mean, one of my sergeants, Samuel Williams, black guy. I would have followed him into hell. I would have taken point for him. Because that guy... That guy had my back. That guy took care. I was his soldier. I was one of his soldiers, and he made sure that I had mine before he had his. And he didn't see me as a white guy. He saw me as a soldier. And if somebody like that can do that, then all I can hope to do is emulate it. All I can hope to do is to be like that. And for, for all of these guys out there that are constantly trying to churn it up, uh, you know, I understand why you're doing it. You want the money. You're in it for the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the power. It's about the money. It's like Tony Montana said in Scarface. First you get first you gotta get the money, then you get the power. Right? And that was his plan to get Michelle Pfeiffer. But this is not the plan of the leftists. They're not just looking for Michelle Pfeiffer. They want the whole ball of wax. And they don't care if they subjugate you too. And the funny thing about it is all of these victims that are out there that they're creating, all these victims, you guys will be fodder for them. You won't get to go along for the ride. And who's going to be with you? Who's going to have your back? People you think have your back don't. Your back's just a target. It's wide open. Wide open for them. If they have to knife you, they'll knife you. They will knife you. In a heartbeat. We'll get back on General Milley just because we can't leave him alone. He's he's just a target-rich environment there. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. I saw General Mark Milley in a set of ACUs the other day. Nobody should let that picture get back out. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 Get involved in the conversation. The common sense... Retirement planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. General Mark Milley, who is in technically what is a uh, civilian's position. He is the Secretary of Defense. And he's forgotten he's a soldier. And he, he looks like he's forgotten it, too. He looks like a caricature of the military officers in stormship troopers, if you if you want to be 
honest with if you want me to be honest with him. And his basic mode of operation is to ingratiate himself to the political class that values the simp in him. And he'll lie. He'll lie to the public, and that's what makes him dangerous. He's the highest-ranking military officer in the nation. Normally, normally, Secretary of Defense goes to a civilian, but he is uh, the highest-ranking military officer in the nation now. And uh, even though they may sometimes have a military background, he's got it. And the President and Congress provide civilian oversight, but can only do so when presented with truthful, accurate information. So, somebody's asking me when was the last time he passed his PT test. Somebody wrote it up for him last week. <laughs> um, and uh, right now, General Milley is teaching CRT in the military. Which, the only thing that should be being taught in the military is how to kill soldiers of another nation. Is how to blow up stuff is how to go in and take and hold real estate. That's what should be being taught to the military. Now, apparently General Milley thinks that uh, he can make the claim that he's turning these uh, soldiers into also philosophers because he compares CRT to reading Marx and Mao. Like we're just educating the troops about different ideologies. However, ideology doesn't matter in combat. Ideology doesn't matter in combat. If you become an objective, you're done. That's it. That's all. What Milley is doing is he's uh, cooperating with the Democrat left to indoctrinate the troops in blatant racism. Why would you take a bunch of people under your command and disrupt them? Because when these guys get turned out, they're going to go into the civilian world. And if you actually make any inroads in this and make and, and making them believe this, then you've just, it's, you know, you've sort of ruined them. The theory of CRT argues as a baseline that unequal outcomes through the proof of statistical disparity in education, employment, and incarceration rates are based entirely on structural racism. So this means... That if you're black, no matter what you do, no matter how, and it's not just black, you could be Asian, you could be Hispanic, right? But they use, they use black America as uh, their, their primary pawn, right? So, and this doesn't, you know what? It doesn't matter about your merit or your hard work. CRT looks at merit, uh, merit and, uh, and they, they find it to be, Irrelevant and undesirable. Now, Tucker Carlson says Mark Milley got where he got where he got because he knows how to suck up to and who to suck up to, and he's more ha more than happy to do it. And he didn't get the job because he's brilliant or because he's brave or because people who know him respect him. He is not, and they definitely don't. Now, for more than two centuries, we have, our military has done the mission, which the mission of the military is to keep us safe and free. 
And like every other institution in our history, because it is made up of human beings, it has been imperfect. And that's mostly, and listen, most of the time when a lot of the Democrats were in power during these times, this is because of Democrat policy. But since World War II, it's been a place for people coming from the bottom of the ladder to shine. Based solely on their ability and willingness to work hard. You know, you look at Colonel Allen West. I would follow Colonel Allen West. If he if if he was if he was all kitted up and ready to go and he asked me to go with him, I would go. Our military, despite what I say about the socialistic part of it, which is them controlling your life, is the companion of free market capitalism. In the military, you have opportunity beckoning and you have no guarantee of end outcome. It's up to you. Nobody's going to guarantee it. you got to do it. Introducing race into the institution to obtain a preferred outcome cancels out three quarters of a century of progress. This is also the guy who called up the Chai Comps. You know? He called the Chicoms and and told them, you know, we first of all, he's the guy that was on on he was on his watch. We pulled out of Afghanistan and lost some people. One time, Nancy Pelosi came up to him and said, "The President Trump is crazy and had been for a long time." And he, she subtly suggested that he needed to be stopped. And Millie responded, Madam Speaker, I agree with you on everything. So, uh, you know, that's treason, pal. That's treason. He's your commander-in-chief. So, you know, I, I, I see all these fun things happening and all these fun people going with all this fun stuff. And I look at Millie, and all I see is a Benedict Arnold. The, the Democrats love. Benedict Arnold would look at him and be very proud of Mark Millie. Well, you know what? I've got, I'm, I'm just going to leave you this weekend with an example of an electronic vehicle. Just because it's fun. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's get some first-hand, first-hand uh, point of view on an electric vehicle. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and the podcast, of course, is available on the free Odyssey app. And yes, I did misspeak. Lloyd Austin is still the Secretary of Defense. I'm sure he looks good in a pair of ACUs as well. Let me tell you the story of Dahl Beer Bala. He lives in the Winnipeg area. He was concerned. He wanted to do something for the economy. He wanted to be a good citizen. So he bought a Ford F-150 Lightning electric vehicle. $115,000 plus tax. He wanted something for recreational activity and for work. He wanted to be responsible. 
Well, first he had to get a two charger, one for work and one for home, $10,000. Had to had to upgrade his home's electric panel for $6,000. He spent $130,000 plus tax. Not long after the purchase, he was in a minor accident, which he said required the light assembly on the front bumper. He took it to the vehicle for the body shop and did not get it back for six weeks. And he said no one from Ford answered his email or phone calls for help. Then he decided to go on a road trip. Um, and that became even more apparent because he was going on a 1,400-mile road trip to Chicago. Now, fast-charging stations, which only charge an EV up to 90%, cost more than gas for the same mileage. On the family's first stop in Fargo, North Dakota, it took two hours and $56 to charge his vehicle from 10% to 90%. And the charge was good for another 215 miles. On the second stop in Albertaville, Minnesota, the free charger was faulty and the phone number on the charging station didn't help. So they drove to another charging station in Elk River, Minnesota, but the charger was faulty there as well. He had his wife and children in the car with him and they were not having a good time. There were no other fast charging stations within the range of Elk River, and his vehicle only had 12 miles left. Um, he said, by, by, by now it was late afternoon, we were really stuck, hungry, and heartbroken. So they had the vehicle towed to a Ford dealership in Elk River and rented a regular gas vehicle to complete the family's trip to Chicago. They picked up the F-150 on their way back to Winnipeg. He said, "I it was in the shop for six months. I can't take it to my lake cabin. I can't take it for off-grid camping. I can't take it for even a road trip. I can only drive in the city. Biggest scam of modern times. See, that's my biggest problem with these things is the range. The range, uh, and uh, and then the lack of a refueling solution, because you can only do this wherever one of these chargers are, right? And I know, like with certain, uh, like if you live in California, there's chargers all over the place. I wonder how many chargers are between Winnipeg. Apparently, not enough that work. That's the other thing. You got to get there, and they got to work. And the chargers, you know, we don't, I, I'm unaware, and if somebody knows the difference, like my car does not have a cap on it, but it has a little uh, a little door that slams shut on it. And I have a lid, so I open the lid, I stick it in there. But it looks like most gas fillers that I see on a car, there's just one. And one form of gas pump works for every car that pulls up to the gas pump. Some of these, I think, are sort of proprietary, aren't they? Do, do you have to have, a you know, just a bag of adapters or... He said, people have to make the right choices. I want to tell everybody to read my story. Do your research before you even think, before even thinking about it and making a wiser choice. The actual thing they promise is not even close, not even 50%. Once you buy it, you're stuck with it, and you have to carry huge losses to get rid of that, and nobody is there to help you. See, one day, yes, we'll have electric vehicles, but they will be powered 
with a different kind of battery, and that battery will probably be powered by something that causes a chemical reaction, and that will burn off, and then you have to go somewhere to get more of that of that solution to go in there to cause that chemical reaction. Unless we start having nuclear cars. But, I mean, you know, and I, I feel for these people. I feel for people that go out and buy these things and decide that this isn't going to work because some of these things, some of these cars come come to you with a range of, you know, less than 150 miles, which that's, that's fine in the city. That's fine for city driving. But, um, and I'm being told on the text line, insurance rates are double too. So, I wait to see what they develop. I'm, I, I would love to see something new come down the pike. I would love to see something viable come down the pike. A, a real solution, a mature technology. But this isn't it. Now, enjoy this weekend. We will regroup and I will be here with you on Monday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.